Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hey, you guys, welcome to today's episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. Today on the show, I'm sharing my conversation with author Megan Spear. Megan is someone who I instantly connected with. We share a lot in common, and not just our names, but also our approaches to life. And you'll hear that come through in our conversation. Megan's goal in life is to encourage people, particularly women, to be bold and to create a path that is specifically fit for them and not just settle for what everyone else thinks that they should do. Okay, so who is Megan? Megan spent her 30s climbing the career ladder, making it to the top as a CEO of a mid-sized company by the time she was 38. After two years in that role, she realized this was not at all who she was called to be. Miserable and burned out, she climbed back through down a few rungs to a role that fit who she was created to be. Through that process, she learned some tough lessons on leadership, purpose, and personal happiness that led her to share that journey through her new book, Letting Go of Should. Megan is the current vice president of sales and strategy at Marketing Support Network and lives in Pittsburgh. In our conversation, we talk about Megan's book, Letting Go of Should, moving through the fear of being vulnerable, the danger in going through the motions, the power of not setting goals or expectations for yourself, what happens when you should all over yourself, and so much more. You guys can follow Megan on Instagram and Twitter at Megan underscore Spear. So that's M-E-G-H-A-N underscore Spear, S-P-E-E-R. And you can also check out her website, MeganSpear.com. And you can get her book, Letting Go of Should, anywhere where you can find books online, including my favorite, Target. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you, Megan. I am equally excited to be here. Also, I love your name. Just had to say. (laughs) Yes, and that it's Megan with an H. That is, it's rare to find those. Yeah. Oh, anytime I, I meet a new Megan, I have to tell this story. So my freshman year of college, I lived on the same floor as seven different Megans, seven yeah. different Megans total. Seven. And, and we all spelled it a different way. Oh, that's crazy. How is there seven different spellings of Megan? That's, that's ridiculous. There is. Yeah. The, the worst one I've ever seen, the Starbucks by my old office got a new barista. And when I went in the, the first time I had this guy, he said, uh, is it, how do you spell your name? And I said, it's Megan with an H. And he wrote on the cup, M-E-H-A-N, as if I meant that the H like replaced the G. Sorry, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah. So it was like, it, but then he kept doing it. So I, like the next day he was super proud of himself for remembering that my name was Megan. And so for like a year, I got handed cups that said Meehan on them instead. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> It it cracks me up how many people can misspell a name, even when it's so obvious. Absolutely. (laughs) So I would love 
to start by having you tell the listeners about yourself and your mission in the world. Sure. So my name is Megan Spear with an H. Um, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I, by day, um, I'm the vice president of a company called Marketing Support Network. And so I work with a lot of nonprofits and a lot of organizations, helping them on their messaging and their strategy and their communication plans um, around customer service and sales and donor relations with a lot of nonprofits. So um, that's my my by day, if you will. (laughs) Um, And then... Outside of that, this year, I have turned into an author, which was not a thing I had ever planned to do, but is has been super exciting. And so um, really getting the chance to, I've always, you know, I've always had a heart for working with students. I've done that with youth groups and, and mentoring programs and really helping people to embrace who they are and who they're called to be um, and who they're gifted to be. Because I think that each one of us have like a very unique gifting or set of talents and skills that we've been given and really helping people to use that. And I was always really good at giving that advice, but it was not until this year that, or I guess about a year and a half ago that I realized I was terrible at taking it. Um, and so that's where letting go of shit came out of, which is the book that launched in January. So yeah, I am by night an author and mentor and uh, speaker. I love it. I love it. So I want to really dive into the book. So the book came out earlier this year in January. Can you tell us a little bit more about what inspired you to write it in the first place? And then really, I, and I think you you touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to hear more about, you know, the impact that you hope to make on, on a little corner of the world. Absolutely. So I, like I said, I never intended to be an author. This was not this was not the plan, but I think a lot of people became things in the pandemic that they never expected to be. So I started you know, the podcast. Yeah, I, exactly. I never thought I would do that. So Everybody, I hear you. Yeah. All sorts of things happened. Um, basically the, the story came out of, um, me starting to journal as a way to process some things that I was going through at work. The short story is I basically got handed the company that I was working for. Uh, the previous owner was looking to retire, um, and had, was giving me the opportunity to, to take on a business partner and take over the company. And so I stepped into this role in, in like August of 2018 as CEO of the company. And I did that for about a year and a half and I hated it. (laughs) I was miserable. It, things like budgets and spreadsheets and, analyzing data reports to decide trends. Like these are not my skill sets at all. Building relationships and strategic thinking and creative, like creative messaging. Those are all where I thrive. That's what I'm good at. And, and, and I think this happens to us a lot, regardless of your field. Sometimes the higher you climb on the ladder, the further you get away from the thing that you're good at. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. And that's very much more responsibilities and like managing Absolutely. an actual business versus doing like the, the work that Correct. you enjoy. Correct. And so about a year and a half into this adventure as CEO, I had had it. My mental health was shot. I was miserable. I hated my life. And I finally sat down with my business partner and was like, Nope, can't like, I, this is not sustainable. I can't keep doing this. Um, and so it took us a little while, obviously, because it was at the beginning of a pandemic also. So we had enough other things that we were trying to adjust to. <laughs> um, 
so it took us a little while to figure it out, but I finally was able to step, basically step back into the vice president role that I had had previously um, and go back to focusing on those things where I thrive. Um, and so in that process, I am, I am a giant reader. And I, in general, if I'm going through something, I tend to look for books that, um, that are about that, right? And so I was trying to find any story or any book that somebody had written about getting to the top of the thing you're supposed to want, right? And as women, I feel like, you know, there's this constant messaging of like, climb higher, do more, achieve more, bust the, the glass ceiling, do all the things, right? But yeah. nobody, there's nobody out there that's saying like, hey, if, if this isn't good for you, it's okay to step backwards or it's also, okay to move back or also that it's okay to have complicated feelings around it yeah like it doesn't necessarily have to be like okay here I am I made it to the top let's slay all day and right. I'm happy with that right. I mean it's okay to doubt yourself if this Absolutely. isn't what you want or where you want to be right and it's it's almost like and, and when I would try to talk to to some friends about it it was almost like this, well, you know, you got what you wanted, so you should just be happy with it. Right. Okay, but I'm not. <laughs> and so then there's like, there was a weird guilt cycle about all of that. Um, that just, it just was a whole spiral of things. Yeah. And so basically, and I think that this is true for a lot of people who end up writing. I wrote the book I needed yeah. because I couldn't find it. <laughs> And so initially where it came from, I was taking a walk with a friend of mine and was kind of talking to her about some of these things, because the other thing that is true that I couldn't find a book about is like, so let's say somebody is the CEO of a company and they choose to step out of that role. There's a reason that most people do that and leave the company altogether, (laughs) right? Because it's really hard to stay somewhere that you used to run and not run it anymore. It's also, it's a pride thing too. Yes. It's a perception. Like Absolutely. Me. Yeah. And then, cause you're sitting there going, oof, I'm, I would not have done it that way. Right. Like, so there's all yeah. these so complicated emotions that come into that. For me, what comes up there is, you know, okay. So you made it your way all the way to the top and then you're like, I don't want this. This is, but, but it can be perceived almost as a slight like failure. Like yeah. I got there and I didn't do a good enough job. So I decided I don't, I need to step back. Yeah. And it's the perception, like what other people. So f- for me, when I think about failure, it's not so much the actual action of failing. It's other people seeing me fail. So I, Absolutely. Can, see, I can see how, how or, yeah. complicated that was for yes. you. And so the, yeah, there was a lot of that. It's like, what's everyone going to think? How, how are we going to spin this? So it doesn't look like I failed. Like it just was so complicated. And I kept, like I said, I kept trying to find any book that somebody had written about this or about staying in the company once you did take a step back and how to kind of navigate that transition. And so most of letting go of shed or the end of letting go of shed came from me trying to process all of those very complicated feelings around all of the pieces. But the more that I wrote, (laughs) the more that I journaled, the more that it kept bringing into mind kind of all of these other stories or scenarios that had happened in my life where I did something because someone thought I should, Mm. Um, not because I necessarily wanted to, or because I was, was gifted in that, but 
because they thought I should. And so uh, the more that I kept writing about this, because that is very much how I ended up as the CEO of this company, it's because the previous owner thought I should. <laughs> and, and who says no, right? When right. somebody <laughs> hands you an opportunity like that, yeah. you don't say no. And so, yeah. And so it just kept bringing to mind all of these other pieces and all these other examples of how I, the times in my life where I had been the most frustrated, the most burned out, the most, um, having the most mental health issues were always when I, there were expectations that I thought that I needed to be living up to, or where I thought that they, there, that I should have, that I should be, I guess, living up to what other people were going to think. But the times where I have been the most fulfilled, and even if it's, even if I'm super busy, I am enjoying the work that I'm doing is when I am living into the giftedness that I have and who, what I'm skilled at and who I'm made to be. And so, yeah, so the, all of these pieces kept coming to mind. And so I, I just kept writing and kept writing uh, and it went fast. I started writing in June of 2020 and it went to uh, the editor in October Wow. came back, went to the publisher in December and was out January 26th. So like it, not only did I never intend to do it, I have no idea how I did it that fast. I am one who normally did a lot of traveling for work. And so I know that this is literally because of the pandemic. I would never have had it. Right. And even now, like I'm working on an outline for book two. There's no way to, to deceive myself that it's going to be as quick of a process because oh, this yeah. one really just came tumbling out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's incredible that first of all, that you had that much to say and you were able to organize it in a way that was like clear enough to help you through the process, but also to be able to help somebody else. That's pretty yeah. awesome. And I do, I, um, I am a person of faith. And so I do believe that there was some, some sort of, <laughs> some sort of something going on there divine intervention or yeah. divine providence I'm not sure but uh, because they were uh, some of them some of the stories that I've told in there are things that I hadn't thought about in years <laughs> they're not things that I was regularly bringing to mind or thinking about or talking about but those are the things that other people have now come back and you know I found some lady found me on Instagram the other day and said a friend of mine gave me your book because she knew some things I was going through and this one particular story just really absolutely was exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you so much. And it's one of those like, wow, that was really random. I never would have thought of that story before yeah. and it popped its way in there. So I do think like it is resonating with people and I'm excited to see that part of it. It's probably really surreal too. Cause you're like, these were all personal stories to you Yeah, and actually putting it out there and having somebody, you know, reach out to you that you don't even know reiterating yeah. your story to make them feel not so alone probably <laughs> feels pretty stinking cool. It's amazing. And I, it's, I, I have kind of ebbed and flowed on my emotions about that too, because the book is very real. It's very transparent. It's very open. Um, I excited a friend of mine. Like, are you, are you sure that you, <laughs> she was one of my advanced readers and she was like, Megan, it's great, but are you sure you really want to put this much of you out into the world? And I said, I, I can't just do half of it. I can't do it halfway. That's not going to work. No, I, um, hear, I hear that. I think yeah you know, that my outlet through the pandemic has, was starting this podcast. And in the same, yeah. it was all the, my whole issues with doing it in the first place were like getting over my fear of being vulnerable and open and real and putting mm. it there. because like 
oh my gosh, God forbid, what would other people think of me? Right. Yeah. Um, and some of the stuff that's come up that I've talked about on the podcast has just been so healing for me. Like you said, yeah, you, know, you just it's said so cathartic. You wrote the book that you needed to read. Well, I'm creating the podcast that I need to hear because if I was somebody listening that I would resonate with that. And I told yeah. myself, you know, I have a small but growing following, but I told myself that I, if I, if I, if I, if I could help or even remotely affect two, three people, I'm yeah. content. I've, I have Amazing. completely accomplished my goal. I've put, I've put myself out there to help somebody else feel better about themselves, mm-hmm. and what they're going through. And to just know that we're not alone and that everybody's, everybody's really in this together. And that's the ultimate goal yeah. that, that I want to do. And so it's, it's a similar purpose. And I love that, you know, our missions are aligned in that way. Yeah. And I think for me, I very much am a believer of the ripple effect, right? I don't believe that I'm supposed to be some giant, <laughs> you know, some giant person speaking to rooms of thousands. I don't, I don't see that for me, but I very much believe that you, we all have the ability to impact four or five people, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, but then who knows what those four or five can do? Because if those five reach five and those, all of their 25 reach five, now we're, you know, your little impact can go so much further than we ever bother to think about. <laughs> um, and so that's exciting. It is, I, I kind of laugh about it now, but the night before the book launched, I had this total meltdown moment over it. And I, my best friend was over and I was like, I'm like, it just occurred to me that somebody might read this and he, right. And he is an engineer. He's like pretty, pretty practical, pretty black and white. He's like, is that not the point of the book? Did I, did I miss something? Like, <laughs> like of course they're going to read it. It's a book. Like, yeah, but like, ah, oh, what if somebody reads it? And he's like, again, I thought that was the point. <laughs> the point. So I know I get yeah. it. I get it. It's like, it's just that you've already done the work, but it's that like, wow. Okay. This is real now. This is yes. It's getting real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, that, that's always pretty scary, I think, but I mean, it's what's happened is amazing. And yeah. I'm sure, you know, you've, you've had just an incredible reception of putting it out there and yeah, it's, it's been amazing. So fulfilling for you. I can imagine. I'd love to talk, dive in a little bit more to some of the things that you talk about in the book, like maybe either some personal examples or, you know, some tips or, you know, some of the tools that you used to move through the, the, the should stories that you tell yourself. Yeah. So the book is, um, the way that it's structured, each chapter is like its own little vignette or vin- is, is like a, its own story. And in the stories do grow in chronological order, starting when I'm little all the way through this whole CEO taking over the world experience. And then there's a lesson learned at the end of each one of them. And I think for me, that was the lesson learned was maybe my favorite part of the book <laughs> is being able to go back and say, okay, this thing. And even because I think what it taught me, and I think maybe what we don't do enough of in our society today is reflecting back. Right. And so some of the stories that are in there were really hard. Like these were things that were really hard for me to go through. There's some stuff, there's some work things in there. There's some relationship things in there. Yeah. Just some really personal moments that if I let them 
I can, it's very easy for me to get stuck in like, wow, that was really hard and that sucked and I don't ever want to think about it. But the book gave me the opportunity to look back and say, wait, but look how much I've grown since then. Look what I learned from that and look what I have never done again, <laughs> right? And, and I think, so if anything for me, the biggest tool that that came out of it was the ability to look back with some thankfulness <laughs> and some gratefulness for the experiences instead of just looking at them as like, oh, all of these awful things that I went through. And, and I think that the mindset shift around that for me was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so universal. So I'm sure those lessons that yeah. you learned in each chapter, um, you know, reflecting are something that, that took you some time to process, but yep. now you can share that gift with the world as well. Cause you were able to learn that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you're right that one of the things that we don't do enough on is reflect. And I think that I talk about this a lot on the show is that we live in this culture where it's just going, going, going all the time. And we never stop, we never take a breath. Right. So how are we supposed to really be able to even know, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, spending money with intention and, and just living our lives with intention in general, Mm -hmm. because in so many different directions and the should comes into play there a lot. Like I should do, should do that, but what do I really want to do? And I think slowing down and giving ourselves the time and whether that's literally for me, it's also like journaling. It's like writing out on a piece of paper. Like I literally write down sometimes, what do I want? And it could be, a, and I just make a list. I just make mm-hmm. a list. It could be as silly as like, I want peace and quiet for an hour. I want to take a shower. I want, I don't know, pizza for dinner, like whatever it is. It, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's, but then it also tends to like, make my brain move. And, and I tend to expand that. So like, what do I want with my career, with my family, personal, like, what are, what are those ultimate things that I want and like put them down. But I think that it's hard in our culture right now to do that because again, we are doing what we're moving on this treadmill and we think we're going somewhere, but is it really where we want to go? Or is it where somebody else we think somebody else wants us to go or, or where somebody else wants us to go. Absolutely. And I think that was one of the other pieces that came out of this book for me. One, I think the pandemic made us all stop. Right. Yeah. And so if I had been traveling as much as I normally had been, there's no way I would have been able to, yeah. <laughs> to tackle yeah. this kind of project. But the other piece for me was like, okay, when, when I give myself that time, even if it's five minutes to like sit down and just breathe to sit down and focus on what I do want <laughs> and also to be thankful for where I've come from and what the, like what I have already, yeah. uh, it changes my whole day, right? Mm-hmm. If I can start that way, like, <laughs> even with just like five minutes before my feet hit the floor. Um, yeah, it just changes my whole outlook throughout the day. And so it has, for me, it started to shift my mindset from, um, man, I can't believe these things are happening to me to, okay, what, what, what's my takeaway here? (laughs) What do I need to learn? What's, what is this moment for? And what can I be thankful for in it? Um, and then because of that, I mean, absolutely agree. The culture has us on this, like this crazy (laughs) 
<laughs> just a crazy pace. Um, and sometimes I think it does feel like a treadmill until you're able to, to pause for a minute and look back and see how far you've actually come and that you, you know, it's not just going through the motions and running in place. Right. Exactly. I think going through the motions can be a very dangerous thing when you get there. And I think also go kind of, this will tie into your, um, what you like to do in terms of like helping people to utilize their gifts because going through the motions, you see so many people do that on a daily basis on like, you know, and all of a sudden, like weeks go by, months go by, years go by. And you don't even know who you are or what you're doing anymore. And, you know, yeah. you may not be truly utilizing your gifts for what, what your skills are for, you know, the greatest good. And yeah. yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit about that for a minute and just how you, how you perceive that and how you help other people to work through that. Yeah. So I, for me, I'm, I am a pretty big dork about various personality profiles, giant fan of the Enneagram. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, yeah. And how we because it talks about our core motivations in that. And so mine, I'm an Enneagram two with a, a three wing. And so my default position in life is how can I help you? <laughs> right. That's my that's my mode. Um and so yeah, but yeah, helping people to figure out who they are and what their skills are and what they want to become. I love that moment when like the light clicks on, especially for some of my height schoolers of like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's it. That's what I want to do. Yeah. But I think too, one of the things that, and I talk about this in the book, I think we would do everyone a greater service and maybe we do them a disservice when we focus on this idea of the, the five-year plan of who you should be in five years. (laughs) Right. And, and have this, you know, this golden carrot that's weighing out there of like, if I could just get that next thing, then, then, then I'm going to be happy. Then it's going to all be fine. I, I very much growing up was a five-year plan kind of girl, but if I would have stuck to that, <laughs> I probably, I probably would be going through the motions right now. There is no way that I could like, that I could have foreseen the career path that was ahead of me yeah. at 22 or 18. There's no way. Um, but being open to opportunities as they come, which is sometimes a little scary because going through the motions is easy, right? It's safe. We know what's going to happen, but walking through doors as they open is scary. And that can be really hard. But I think that's one of my messages when I work with my students is they never write off an opportunity. You know, you might think you have this idea of what your life is supposed to be or what, you know, you're going to try and stick to this plan, but you never know what opportunities are going to be ahead of you. And they can be awesome. <laughs> they can be scary for sure. But yeah, I think being open to the next adventure and not so like you, you have to have it all figured out is yeah. a huge piece for me. And and I think, you know, th- that whole like, okay, setting goals in general, yeah. sometimes they're really helpful. But then I think you also have to take it with a grain of salt too, because I also think it's a very masculine energy kind of thing, right? It'll let, yes. It forces you to live in this like black and white kind of place. And it also, I think, creates these expectations for you that yeah. may not be realistic. And then that just sets you up for disappointment and frustration. And yeah. so for me, I'm kind of realizing that like, yep, I'm at a stage of my life right now where I'm just 
hanging on. I'm doing the best that I can with everything that I'm juggling. And my expectations are to kind of slowly move the ball forward, but yeah. I am not on this, like, you know, steep vertical track right now like, in, no, in no way. And I think that was a light bulb thing for me to come to terms with that. Yeah. Because, and again, it's that messaging from the world, right? Is that you always have to be going and driving and achieving and climbing, but you're right. It is a very masculine <laughs> It's a very masculine message. Um, and sometimes it, that's you, it's just not true. <laughs> sometimes right. it's okay to take a breath and take a pause uh, and change directions if you want. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's the thing that, that maybe we miss as women is that we have to keep striving for more and moving forward. We're like, sometimes moving diagonally is fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or just take yeah. a second. Right. Right. And, and normalizing that. Absolutely. Again, because that like gets into this like whole shooting on yourself thing that, yes. like, that I should have, I should be further along in my career. Yeah. I say this on the podcast. I, I actually like did a whole episode on stories that I tell myself. It's like a kind of recurring theme that I'm doing there. Yeah. And one of them is that I should have it all together by now. And I go into the whole thing about like dissecting that, like what is having it all together even mean, which exactly. is exactly it's exactly it's so arbitrary but the idea that like I should is only coming from your well it's it's coming from yourself not from other people but it's been it was it was created and fostered in in our culture when we compare ourselves to other people and we think that you know that everybody should be on this like level playing field when in no way, shape, or form does anybody have the same life situation or cards that they're drawn. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's Absolutely. That that's again like a big light bulb thing for me to mm-hmm. realize that and to kind of move through it and process it. And I'm still working on that. It's it's you know, you see it, you see me working through this stuff like live on the podcast when I put them out. I mean, I'm yeah. still processing like oh yeah, maybe it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> well, yeah. and I say that all the time. I wish, I wish to high heaven that because I had written the book that I have officially let go of should, and it's not something that I ever struggle with ever again. Right. Like I no. wish that I could tell you that was true, but it's just not because yeah. some of those things are daily fights. Yeah. It, it just is what it is. And it, it yeah, there are days that are easier work is but never it's not over. something that you can ever master. Right. And that's what I think we, the, the image that we have to get out of our heads is that it's, it's the work is never over and yeah. you're never going to just check the box and say, Oh yeah, I'm done with that now. I'm never, I never, yeah. I never think about shit anymore. I wrote the book on that. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I think that's like, that comes from, you know, I'm a, uh, a perfectionist in recovery. I like to say, and mm-hmm that black and white thinking. And I like to say, you know, when it comes to fear and things that I talk about on the podcast, like I, I'm never, Oh, how do you just get over that? How do you get over that? You never get over it. You move through it and you're always going to have some little inkling like you're that that's still there. You just get better. You find, you find tools and find ways that are better than you used to have to handle that particular situation but you yep. never just like check a box, flip a switch and it's over. 
No, I wish, I wish that wasn't true. <laughs> I wish that these are skills that we could master, you know, like learning to do laundry or cook, right? We're like, it's a thing. I know how to do it now. It's fine. I wish that that was true. It's just not because, and it, and honestly, I guess maybe in on some respect, it's good that it's not. Yeah. Right. Because I want to keep learning. I want to keep growing. I want to continue to get better and be a better version of myself. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's be- not going to happen if I don't go through struggles that challenge me and make me rethink and regroup. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's part of what I learned in letting go of shed is that like the lessons are good. <laughs> the lessons aren't bad. They aren't these like these horrible things that happened just for the sake of, you know, just for the sake of being bad, but that they are ways to learn and to grow and to become better. Well, and that's what I was actually just going to say. I mean, you know, one of the things that you talk about is like how dangerous shooting on yourself is. And, um, And I guess what I'd love for you to maybe extrapolate a little bit more is the learning experience that can come from saying that to yourself and like working how, when you say that it's not necessarily a bad thing, how it's an opportunity. Yeah. So I had, um, a counselor one time I was in therapy and she, she was super academic, um, really, really smart individual. And she had told me at that point, and this was probably 15 years ago. So should is definitely something that, <laughs> that oh, I've yeah. been struggling with for a long time. Yeah. Um, but she used the example and apparently, cause she's, she's super biblical scholar woman that the root word of should actually, if you take it all the way back into the Greek talks is, is the same root word as, as like the, now I'm not going to remember it. So as like the harness that you would put on to two oxen, like a yoke. There you go. That's the word I wanted. Okay. Right. And so it's this, this heavy mantle <laughs> that, that holds you back mm. is like the same wow. root word. And I thought that was so interesting because that is what it is, right? It's this thing that we put on ourselves that holds us back. And so I have kept that mental image in my mind this whole time. And I, and I, Cause I never want to be tethered by that. I never want to be bound and, and held back or tied to some other ox, right? <laughs> I don't want to do that. And so that was kind of the image that was in my head the whole time I was writing, let it go. It's like all of these pieces. And I think, you know, I think especially as women, we can relate, right? Because we're not quite as good at compartmentalizing. We're not, this is not like a thing that happened and I can stick it in this little box and not think about it. All of life is all mixed up (laughs) for us and all of these pieces build upon each other. And so all of those expectations build and build and build and make this bigger harness. And so that's the whole image of letting go of shit is like, I am putting this stupid harness down and it might take me 10 years to pick off each layer, (laughs) but I'm, I'm done. I'm I am no longer going to be tied by this yoke and I'm no longer going to be held back by it. And so that's kind of my, that's the vision, right? Is what are the things that we, what are these expectations, these heavy burdens that we have picked up and put on ourselves that are holding us back and how do we, 
what do we have to do to get rid of them? And I'm picturing literally this image. And this is, this is again, like the same stuff that I think through as I'm trying to like educate and empower other women through the podcast, but I'm literally picturing like layers of like restrictive, like yep. chain and all that stuff just being taken off. And then all of a sudden, like, cool, I can roam free. <sighs> yes. I don't have to listen to what anybody else says. I don't have to do something because that's the expectation. I yes. don't have to like, and that's the whole idea is like to stop staying small and this yes. whole essentially like restrictive harness or whatever, it, whatever it is, is, is like keeping us small and chained together, yeah. not letting us like go out and just be ourselves and, and absolutely who we were meant to be. Yeah. Because it, you know, it's one thing if you, I mean, think about, think about like getting a little kid dressed to go out in the snow. Right. Oh, you put on, it's brutal, right? But you put on their sweatsuit and they can still move around fine. And then you add the snowsuit on top of it and it starts to get a little harder to move around. Yeah. And then you add the scarf and then you add their hat. And like, by the time you're done mm-hmm. and you send them out, like they can't even move their arms anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. They're just kind of stuck. And so that's, it, it's not that each individual layer is bad. It's good to have a snowsuit if you're going out in the snow. It's right? protective. It's, it's protective, Right. But we can't, it's, and so with, over time though, the more layers you add, the less you can move. And, and I think also, you know, to kind of play off that image a little bit, I mean, there's a time and a place for that protection, right? Like yeah. you need the snowsuit, you need all those layers to go out in this particular situation where it's cold and you're playing in the snow. Yeah. But you have to sort of recognize and know yourself when it's okay to put those layers on and know that that's not really who you are underneath, right? Like you yeah. are, you are a different person. And so you can, you know, there, there's different tools and things that we can, that we use, because of course we have to, we have to go out into public. We have to act a certain way. We have to, you know, behave sure. ourselves, right? So we try to, we protect ourselves in that way. Now that we know how as adults, not, you know, kids are like kind of, sometimes I wish I had more of a kid brain where, and I talk about this a little bit where it's like, okay, to just throw a temper tantrum anytime I want when you're three years old, yep. <laughs> but as adults, like we can't do that. So we have to, we have to have like some filters and that's those, the particular layers that we put on in certain situations. But I think what's cool about that is that you have, you have to know yourself and know when you put those, when it's okay to put those layers on and when it's okay to take them off. Yes. Right. Yeah, because if you come back inside with all of your snow layers on, you can't go around cleaning the house that way. <laughs> you can't go, you know, doing all of these, you can't go through daily life in those things. And so it's, it's the understanding of like, okay, I just need to let those go. It's time to take that layer off and leave it aside. Um, and so, yeah, that's the whole point of letting go of shit is it's my story and my journey of letting go of those pieces so that I can move forward. I love it, Megan. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm such a, I'm fangirling over here. Can you tell? <laughs> I'm so excited for you. All right. So as we start to wrap up, I wanted to, I, I asked this question to all of my guests. I kind of feel like I know where you're going to go with this already, but if you could leave the listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? I mean, the, the cliched thing would be to say, to let go of shed. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, 
<laughs> That's the easy answer. But I think the thing for me is this. You, listener, podcast listener, you, Megan, me, Megan, every single one of us, we were made unique, right? And the cookie cutter plan that everyone else is following might not be meant for you. (laughs) And that's okay because you have so much to give the world in and of itself that hiding behind all of those layers, hiding behind all of those shoulds, hiding behind someone else's plan that's not what the world needs from you. You were here for a purpose. You are here to share your gifts with the world. So don't let anything snuff that out. I love it. It's so, that's my two, that's my two cents. It's so spot on. It's so in alignment (laughs) with where I'm at in life these days. And I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. So please, this is your chance to promote yourself. Please tell everybody how they can find you and the book and they can follow everything that you're doing in the world. Absolutely. So the book is available on pretty much anywhere online that you would buy books, Barnes and Noble, amazon.com, walmart.com. I got really excited about two weeks ago because it finally got added to target.com, which is like, uh, I mean, dream, (laughs) dream, right? It's a total dream. So yeah, you can find it anywhere there. And then to, to keep up with me, um, probably the easiest is to find me on Instagram or Twitter, both of which are Megan underscore Spear, which is Megan with an H and Spear with two E's. Um, or you can also check out meganspear.com. I, I hesitate to tell you that you can follow my blog there because it is super, it's, it's not regular at all. It's super spotty, <laughs> but my goal actually later this year is to get that back on track. So yeah, all of the information is there to email or, or get in touch too. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is my pleasure. So fun. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. <laughs>